Clancy Pasta presents Parents, Watch Out for Baby Shark Written by Daria Vasilieva Like many new parents, I first became acquainted with the various baby shark melodies through autoplay on YouTube. My daughter Maya was only two weeks old when we went through a rough bout of colic. I tried to soothe her by rocking, swaddling, and cluster feeding, but nothing worked. On one particularly difficult night, I felt like I was losing my mind. So I searched for baby songs online and just picked the first playlist that popped up. I continued to walk around the room, rocking her to the rhythms of familiar childhood songs like Twinkle Little Star, Itsy Bitsy Spider, and others. The playlist didn't stop her from crying, but it cheered me up a little and drowned out my fussy baby's relentless screams. Then something miraculous happened. The slow version of Baby Shark came on, and Maya stopped crying. She gazed up at the ceiling with an awed expression, her tiny mouth twitching a little the first hint of a smile. And from that day on, my daughter loved everything about Baby Shark, including alternative versions like Halloween Sharks, Santa Shark, and so on. It was around this time that my parents took a trip to South Korea. Apart from soaking their bones in Busan's hot springs, they spent a lot of time walking the Hyundai Promenade, exploring unique food stalls and street shops. At one of these shops, they found a yellow Baby Shark toy, they bought in off the local vendor in a heartbeat, happy to have found a souvenir for their tiny granddaughter. To say it was love at first sight is to say nothing at all. My daughter's first laugh was at her new plushy friend. She knew who Baby Shark was before she recognized words like Mama and Dada. We sleep trained her in one night thanks to his soft, pillow-like texture. When she first rolled over, it was to get closer to the toy, because he'd slipped out of reach. My daughter is just over a year old now, and for every major milestone, vacation trip, and family photo session, Baby Shark has never left her side. It was super cute at first. Lots of babies have lovies, and it's a great relief to parents when there's a surefire way to stop crying with a toy or cartoon. However, I began to notice some weird things about the toy. Like, it was almost never where I thought I'd left it. At first I didn't pay much attention because Whenever Maya started crying, I'd just be relieved that Baby Shark was within arm's reach. When she grew out of her fussier phase, I realized he was never in a different room from my daughter. This was weird because I'd pick her up and carry her around to different rooms for diaper changes, baths, playtime, and mealtimes. My husband blamed mom brain, and I rationalized it away. Like with all her milestones, we were super excited when Maya first started babbling, but my joy quickly turned to dread when I watched videos of other newborns' first babbles. They were primitive attempts at making P, B, M noises. My daughter sounded like she was actually talking with an intonation scale, sometimes accompanied by laughter and hand-waving. All this at just four months. As you may have guessed, she only ever babbled at Baby Shark, once again, my husband thought I was being paranoid. We have a genius baby and you're just trying to hate, he'd said. I kept my suspicion to myself after that. Sometimes I'd check the baby monitor after bedtime and see the toy glowing like a yellow nightlight, only to blink 
and find everything looking normal a second later. During the day, I often felt like I was being watched, particularly if I went breaking mom, allowing too much screen time, cussing out loud, browsing social media instead of playing with Maya or doing chores. Whenever I did anything like that, I'd feel the usual prickle of mom guilt and then something more sinister. I'd look up and see baby shark nearby staring me down. Whenever this happened, small punishments would follow. Like I'd stub my toe or crack my phone screen or knit myself shaving. It was never serious and just maybe it was only a coincidence, but it didn't feel like it. I was severely creeped out. Was this some weird hallucinatory strain of postpartum depression? I needed to get a grip. Stay-at-home parenting was taking its toll. Two months ago, my husband went away on a business trip to San Diego. I was so not in the mood to handle a teething baby on my own for a week. I switched on YouTube and put Maya and Baby Shark in the playpen in front of the TV so I could get some tidying done. Popping my AirPods in, I busied myself with housework while listening to a podcast. I'd check in with Maya every 5-10 to minutes to make sure everything was okay. She was just fine, entranced by the screen, safely secured in her play area. I'll admit that I took longer to clean than was strictly necessary. I finished up by taking out the trash. Just as I was going back inside, a college friend called me. A girl we'd housed with had just posted a trashy picture on Facebook, and my friend wanted me to see it before it got deleted. I was glued to my phone for a good 20 minutes after, gossiping like a silly schoolgirl. When I finally got back to the living room, I felt the familiar pang of guilt. I didn't want to look, but he was right there. Baby shark's stitched black eyes bore into me, accusing me of being a selfish, inattentive mother. I got really angry. Enough was enough. Why was this toy making me get defensive when I'd done nothing wrong? I grabbed the stupid thing and took it upstairs to the nursery. I delighted in slamming the toy chest shut on his goofy, toothy grin. I hesitated before going back downstairs, half convinced I'd find the yellow fiend back in the same spot, but Maya's wails from the living room assured me she didn't have her friend at her side. My daughter was hysterical, but I'd had enough. This was getting ridiculous. She should be able to get through an evening without a silly shark toy. Maya's attachment to the thing was just unhealthy at this point. After a giant tantrum, she finally calmed down. We had dinner, took a bath, read her favorite bedtime book, and I put her to bed. Without Baby Shark, it was like the colic had come back in full swing. I went back downstairs as she screamed and screamed. I decided to let her cry it out just this once. I was furious with Baby Shark for having so much pull, but... More honestly, I was disgusted with myself and my shitty behavior that day. After a few minutes of self-reflection, I understood that I was mistreating my daughter because of some utterly bizarre insecurities. I was about to go back to the nursery and reunite Maya with her lovely, when I glanced my worst nightmare coming to life on the baby monitor. No amount of horror movies, scary stories, or news reports can prepare you for the sight of your infant child in grave danger. The terror that coursed through my body made me realize that I would endure a thousand more tantrums 
relish in the worst teething nights, and wash up countless diaper blowouts with a smile on my face, if only I could prevent the abduction taking place in front of my eyes. There was a tall, dark figure standing at the foot of the bed, trying to grab Maya as she darted around her crib cot. Luckily, she had already learned to walk while holding on to something, so the intruder was struggling to get a hold of her. There was no time to call for help. I sprinted upstairs into Maya's nursery. Without even thinking, I grabbed a hall lamp and flung it at the stranger's head as soon as I entered the room. It only grazed him, but the distraction caused him to stumble back, buy me a split second to shove the creep further away, grab Maya, and run out. I could feel the pursuer hot in my heels until I got to the head of the stairs and he tripped behind us. The last thing I heard was the man screaming as I ran down the stairs and out of the house. I jogged over to the neighbors next door with Maya crying in my arms. The police discovered a peculiar scene in our house. The man was gone, but there were signs of a bloody struggle in the hallway upstairs. I was allowed to go inside and fetch some of Maya's things, so we could stay with my parents while the police investigated the crime scene. A senior detective escorted me, asking elaborate questions about our day. He asked if I'd recognized the man, but I hadn't. I'd barely gotten a glimpse, and he'd seemed entirely ordinary. No one I would think about twice if I'd met him on the street. Only after answering all the detective's questions did I realize that I'd forgotten to lock the front door after taking out the trash. The intruder must have slipped inside while I was on the phone and gone upstairs to hide in one of the closets. What he planned to do from there on is made clear by the contents of the bicycle bag which he'd dropped. Police officers found duct tape, a carving knife, and one of Maya's old onesies inside. The one we'd given away to charity weeks ago. A pale-faced officer emerged from the nursery as the detective and I approached. You need to see this, sir, he said, swallowing loudly. The detective allowed me to enter the nursery, where two other policemen were laying flat on the floor, shining their torches under Maya's crib cot. A crime scene photographer dropped down to take some shots of the mysterious scene. As soon as he finished, one of the officers pulled a large mangled foot out from under the bed. The room fell into hushed amazement. Does... The senior detective looked bewildered. Does that look like it's been chewed off? I didn't need to see any more. I quickly gathered Maya's things and looked for Baby Shark. For once, he'd remained in the right place, inside the toy trunk. There was a slight difference, but I paid it no mind. Nothing a little cold water and ammonia couldn't handle. <laughs> Cute shark toy, the young officer commented as I walked out of the room. Love the blood spatter pattern, he laughed. Thanks. I called back as I went to rejoin my parents and Maya downstairs. Please, dear parents of no sleep, if your child happens to have this toy, don't be suspicious. Don't be afraid. Watch out for Baby Shark, and I guarantee he'll watch out for your little ones in return.
Thanks for listening, and I hope you enjoyed tonight's story. If you did, make sure to check out more of the author's work in the episode description and go to youtube.com slash clancypasta to hear new episodes first. And if you'd like your story featured in an episode, feel free to email it to clancypastastories at gmail.com. You can always get your creepy cool merch at teespring.com slash stores slash clancypasta store. And I hope you all have a great night. Cheers. <laughs>